Oh, hey, y'all. It's time for the Robert Scott Bell Show once again today, the 18th of uh, yeah October 2023. Uh, we got a whole couple hours of broadcast healing for you on all levels, including, uh, yes, political healing. It's possible. We got a young dude on today, Will Witt, author of Do Not Comply. He's done some things for PragerU, amazing stuff on YouTube, uh, kind of questions on campus. And he's also with the Florida Standard. Bright, bright young guy. I'm looking forward to talking with him about all that he knows and perceives. Uh, also got a bunch of questions of the day coming up. And the homeopathic hit of the day, here's your hint. Is that kind of gross? I'm just giving you a hint for the cocaine. Of the day. What? It's what? homeopathic cocaine. It's not homeopathic cocaine. Uh, oh, no? You had to go oh, okay. there. That's not Sorry. what this is. I'll get out of here. You got to check out the, the homeopathic hit of the day. Free download available at robertscottbell.com in the show notes each and every day we go live. And there's a lot more. I'm going to get into it. Just stay tuned. Also, tell your friends the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty is right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, robertscottbell.com. Slash listen. There's the chat room. Say hi. Let us know where you're from. And uh, we might even answer some questions of yours by the time the bonus round hits. All right. Let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. What is the social contract and are you a party to it or what is a social contract? I mean, you wonder if it's one of those dating things where you go, uh, I agree to not, well, I can touch your earlobe, but not your nose. And you know, I'm just social contract. What's that? There's an article here to open up the Robert C. Bell show today from the Brownstone Institute. Someone we've interviewed, interviewed a number of times, Jeffrey Tucker. We appreciate his writing and his uh, integrity on on many issues. He's uh, changed a lot over the years. And you can check it out at robertscottbell.com. It'll take you there. You read about it. And, you know, talks about a social contract that maybe many of you, maybe you didn't realize there was one. Is it a fiction? Is it a fact? Uh, do you believe the government, your government, if you think it's your government, is looking out for you? Do you think that they are concerned about your welfare, your safety, your health, your property, other than what they can take from you? <laughs> are they really looking out for you? Are there still people that believe that? And so it's, it's no, it's not something you've officially signed on to. Of course, there are a lot of things that you're adhesed to, right? The contracts of adhesion we've discussed over the years here, like uh, social security, do you know of any other contract you can enter into as a minor that is held to be legal, much less lawful or otherwise? And you probably never signed up for it, your parents or your grandparents. On and on it goes for years and years, and we just kind of roll into these things and not think about how they are evidence of what? Entering into contracts of servitude, debt, slavery, if you will. Jeffrey Tucker says it's easy enough to regard the social contract not as explicit, but implied, evolved, and organic to the public mind. At the most intuitive level, we can think of it as a widely shared understanding of mutual obligation, a tie that binds, and also the exchange relationship between society and state. Okay, you th again, you think that, hey, man, they're looking out for me. They wouldn't, they wouldn't sell me out to the pharmaceutical industrial complex, would they? 
And so that brings up the issue of Israel specifically and the Israeli government over the past few years. If you thought the United States government was bad as it sold out to Big Pharma through Fauci, through, uh, well, CDC, FDA, et cetera, and others, that Birch, man, what a mess that was. We know that. But we also covered the mess that was Israel. And my concern about their labeling people as clean and unclean based on their vaccination status and how disappointing it is, and I was, to learn that the government of Israel had learned nothing from the horrific incidences that occurred in the 20th century targeting Jews for extermination and elimination. You have your own state now, and you decide we're going to adopt some of those policies. Now, some may be offended. Remember of my, my heritage here. I have family in Israel. My mom's from Israel. So I, I speak of this critique not specific to what's going on with the war right now, but an important discussion in terms of the general uh, considerations that you thought the government was looking out for you. And I think that is a lot of the basis for dissent in Israel now, even after this war has started, where some of our uh, have said maybe four out of five are going, hey, there's a problem here. How did the government not know that this was coming? the tightest security, the tightest borders on planet Earth, and somehow this happened. And it's legitimate to ask the question. doesn't mean you don't defend yourself in the, in the meantime, but it says, hey, man, there's something that was just shockingly out of place for the people of Israel to believe that their government was always looking out for them. And what happened in the last three years? Jeffrey Tucker and others are pointing out that it's likely the government took their eyes off the ball, so to speak. If you have a perceived or real enemy, as Israel has throughout its existence, surrounding it, various peace accords from time to time, do you then say, we're good now, we can take our eyes off of all of that foreign stuff and worry solely and exclusively and only about a fictitious virus that turned out was upregulated or gain-of-function invented, not as a naturally occurring phenomenon, to basically incite fear, instill fear, maybe kill a lot of old people all over the world, but really incite fear so that the people of planet Earth would accept experimental injections into their arms, the arms of their children, and maybe even their babies. And we, we covered this while it was happening. Netanyahu sold out Israel to, to Pfizer. And there was a lot of dissent on that and many other things. Doesn't make it easy what's happening now because they have, you know, the dichotomy of we need our government, we need our military to defend our very existence, yet the people in charge failed miserably on many levels before this happened, yet we now have to rely on them to engage in protecting us when they weren't protecting us before. Do you see the dilemma I bring up here? Not just for the people of Israel, but for the people of America that wrongly believe their government is looking out for them when it was under the COVID crisis, real imagined or otherwise, involved in selling you out to that pharmaceutical industrial complex that has gained ownership and control of your regulatory agencies, the president, many in the, you know, in the executive branch, bureaucratic state, of course, but also the legislative branch and much of the judiciary, with some exceptions from time to time. And so it, it's as confusing a time as any for any of us who were naive enough to believe that our governments were looking out for us, despite the warning on the warnings of our founding fathers in America. 
we have taken for granted that freedom would always be here for America and Americans because we have geographically a pretty decent location. We have sort of friendly neighbors to the North. Maybe they don't like us because we don't have socialized medicine or otherwise, but then they got their own problems with Castro Trudeau as their prime minister. We got the Southern border where it's leaking like a, well, there, there is no leak. It's just, Hey, wide open, come on in. And you get uh, crazy uh, uh, leftist leaning uh, news uh, organizations, if you can call them that, like Axios, claiming, oh, there's no problem down there at the border. And all this time you think, okay, the government's looking out for me. We're protecting our, wait, we don't have borders down there anymore. What's that all about? Under the law of nations, you have to have a border. And you now don't. You don't act like you do. And so the the failure of this sign social contract is a, I think, a maturation and a wake-up call. It's a very high price to pay to get there. But generations have fallen asleep on this and just get, yeah, whatever. They're sort of leaving me alone or I'll do a little bit for them. And no, that doesn't work. As I said, our founders knew that this would inevitably happen if we went to sleep on restricting those in government and binding them down with the change of the Constitution. Granted, Israel is considered more of a democracy than a republic. And so they don't have the same basis uh, for rights coming from God, even though you know, from a Judeo-Christian perspective, you'd think that they would adopt that. But in many ways, they've looked externally to a government that is also culpable and vulnerable for the individuals in it to be purchased off by other interests that are not necessarily those of the people of Israel. It is in their best interest, as it is for all of us, to find a way to live in peaceful coexistence where possible, because to live in a violent state of war like we're seeing means tragic loss of life, collateral damage. And of course, when we talk about the uh, the bombing, so-called, or the missile that hit the hospital, it's it's fairly clear now that it was a Hamas rocket went supposedly going off target. But their propaganda campaign feeds into a social contract that I guess kids in school have in colleges and universities in America to adopt a hatred for Israel and Jewish people and believe everything terrorist organizations like Hamas say immediately. And even as evidence comes by to see that what they claimed is not true, not accurate in any way, the great reluctance to, to acknowledge that at all and just continue on with the narrative that Israel is the terrorist state and the people of Israel should be eradicated rather than those who are trying to eliminate them with every breath they take. Now, to some degree, we could look at the people that have grown up in squalor, in you know the Gaza Strip, Palestinians for generations, and many Arabs that are anti-Israel or anti-Jewish been raised with hatred for the Jews and for Israel. And that seething hatred and rage is very difficult to overcome because it asks for a level of spiritual maturity that many people, that spiritual maturity before it ever arises is abused out of you, beaten out of you. Anybody who has an enlightened look and saying, you know what, it'd be better that we kind of figure out a way to get along even if we disagree about a lot of stuff, just as my mom as a child in Israel or at the time Palestine, it was called, uh, hung out with Jews, Arabs, Christians, Muslims at the shuk, at the market, at the, at the, the coffee houses and shops and just kind of got along until globalists got involved and mucked things up. How do we differentiate between those who are nationalists and those who are globalists? Because there are plenty of people in America, both Democrat and Republican identifying, that are actually globalists. They are not for America. 
And apparently there may be found to be people within the government of Israel that are not actually for the people of Israel that are also globalist intent on reducing world population by any means. And war happens to be one of the most overt, disgusting and ugly. But there are many subtle techniques to reduce population, including injecting people to death, including pesticiding them, genetically modifying them. And all of those various ways to do it in a way that gets many of the people to believe, well, they're out for our best interests, like the doctors who only wanted to inject you to protect you. How well did that work out? Collectivist Marxist medicine is another great evil that is a scourge on the entire Western world. And some doctors have woken up to it, and we appreciate them very much here. Now, what of the young people? What are the next generations? The 20-somethings and 30-somethings, generations X, Y, Z. My kids are 23 and 18. They have a, a different perce- perspective than perhaps we do. Maybe some t- somewhere it's aligned, somewhere it's not. But our guest this hour, first time, he's got a lot on his mind, and he lets loose on it. He's got a new book out, and I uh, love the title, called Do Not Comply by Will Witt. He does a lot with Prager University, or has, and he's got a YouTube channel where he's asked a lot of questions of these college kids. And uh, I'm fascinated to learn a little bit from him or a lot from him. Will Witt, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show for the first time. Go ahead, Will. Hey, thanks for having me on. I hope you learn a lot today. I mean, we'll see how much you already know, though. Yeah, well, I'm always up for it. And I'm excited to to see that you've got, uh, you know, that spirit uh, and, and yet an intelligence that is not abandoned due to propagandizing people to hate America and, and think that freedom is the, is the, the cause of all of our problems. Yeah, well, I can tell you, like, I'll go around to these college campuses. I just got back from a month-long book tour on the road. And when you see these students who are these very strong leftist students, very heavy with the Democrats, very pro-Palestine, pro-the world is ending because of climate change, pro-transgender, pro-Black Lives Matter, whatever any sort of issue that you want to take there, what you find is that it's merely a, a vacuum of values. What I mean by that is that as, as Western values and Christianity has really been destroyed in the West, you have had another sort of religion come up, and that sort of religion is leftism. There's also consumerism in America, science and technology in America. And so as these things become a new religion, people don't find the same need or necessity for goodness or truth or beauty or any of the three transcendentals, the things that really matter in our lives. And so what you find with these young people is that you see them so ardently supporting something like Palestine right now or calling Israel this this terrorist state and these kinds of things. They do this because it is part of their moral character. It is part of what gives their life meaning to do so. It's not just a, a political opinion that they have or, or some different idea that they go and discuss in a coffee shop with peers. It is people who literally have a, a moral framework that hinges on to everything that leftism is and says, well, if my ideas are wrong, then I must be an immoral person. These people don't want to see themselves as immoral people. Of course, nobody does. And so they, they, they put this at the, the forefront of everything they do. And that's why they're so strong and vitriolic when it comes to their ideas and beliefs. Well, how come you can see through this? And again, many in your age group have just bought onto the belief that America is the evil, the perpetrator of all that is wrong. And, uh, you know, what other country teaches their people to hate their country, right, through the school system all up to the university level? Yeah, well, I think the American public school system and the universities do this on purpose. I think that it it brings about chaos. God hates chaos. God created order in the world when he created the heavens and the earth. And so that's what he did. And this is why the left hates God, because they love chaos. 
And so I think that for me, I was able to look past all of this in, in college and, and start to see, because I grew up as a liberal atheist my entire life. But some of the facts just didn't really make sense when it came down to it. I mean, I was sitting in my sociology class as a freshman in college, and my teacher, there's a black girl sitting next to me, and she looks at me and says, you are oppressing this girl next to you because of the color of your skin. And that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I was the minority at the high school that I went to, you know, as being one of the white kids. It didn't make much sense to think that I was oppressing anyone in this sort of sense. And so I started doing a lot of research and looking into things, eventually found out about PragerU and, and other organizations and, and started getting involved. And I would go on my campus and just debate kids all day long. I'd skip my classes and go and set up a table and just debate kids because I found that to be a lot more fun and worthwhile of my time. I eventually got offered a job by PragerU, dropped out of school after two years and moved to Los Angeles to go and work for them about six years ago. Um, and so I think everyone can get out of it. I don't want to say that there's like lost souls and, and not everyone has the ability to get out of this, but uh, I will say that that us as people don't always have the ability to change everyone's mind. That's just a, a fact of, of life. But I think that that if given the, the hard choice and people understand that it's a hard choice, but the worthwhile choice, everyone has a chance of breaking out of the, the, the mental slavery we have found ourselves in as Americans. Yeah, another aspect of, of growing up in, 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 a t in this time, Will, is that you grow up with this concept of uh, cancel culture. That is, if you find somebody with whom you disagree, it's not enough to engage in debate, discussion, argument even, and then go away as friends. You must cancel them and eliminate them from your life. You must uh, do whatever you can to, sh to somehow shame them on the public square, whether it be in social media or in real life. And, you know, I think what I, I get from you is not canceling those with whom you disagree, whom we, you and I might agree on a lot of these things. Uh, but there are so many young people that have no framework because they've never seen anybody who disagrees with one another get along. Yeah, of course. I think what's so troubling right now is we have social media and this new social media age. And so what that has done to young people, especially because, I mean, there are studies, they're on it nine hours a day sometimes, these kids on social media. I mean, that's a crazy amount of time. And what this does, it turns them into... I guess you could say the main character in their life story, right? It means that there's really no one else around. They are the main character. They are the main focus. So then everywhere that they go out, they are looking for validation of that main character. And so cancel culture is a way for them to go about and find someone who doesn't fit with their story, their narrative, and say, well, this person needs to be destroyed or ruined because they don't fit in with myself as this main character of my story. They don't fit the paradigm that I have constructed for myself in this fake world that, that, that we now live in, this post-truth post-knowledge world. And so they want to destroy people. I think it makes people very feel very good to destroy someone else who doesn't agree with them, as, as Friedrich Nietzsche would call it, as the, the herd. And when you are a part of this herd and you have the ability to join up with others within it and destroy outside thinkers or innovators or new people, it makes you feel quite a sense of power over them. And I think that when you couple that with the fact that these young people don't have any meaning other than their leftist sentiments, I think it really gives them a sense of meaning to destroy other people just for having a difference of, of opinion. Yeah. You mentioned earlier a vacuum of values. I, I look at the, the new religion of the left uh, is materialism. It's reductionism. Mm -hmm. uh, it is devoid of the spirit that get, imbues us with life. Yet when you have life so easy, like you're born into every day, you get fed every day. You have room over, you know, house, uh, you know, roof over your head every day. You have clothes. Basic needs are met. 
Now you have the ability to start screaming and crying about things that are not really consequential, like, you know, uh, you know, differences of opinion, perhaps now becoming the end of the world or uh, bizarre claims that there are 35 or more genders. You know, when you take that kind of ideology into areas of poverty around the world where you're just trying to get by to live each day, they look at you like you're, you know, what planet are you on? You're concerned about what? A gender beyond male and female? Uh, so perspective is in order, I guess, when things are too easy for you. And then you grow up where you have all of these complaints, what they call first world problems. And I think that has also contributed to it. We don't have the value of what it takes to be free anymore, even as we have historical evidence and perspective from those that set the stage for an America that has done extraordinary things in its life cycle. Granted, we haven't always lived up to the high ideals, but that's the nature of humanity on this planet. But we would always strive to do better. And yet looking around at these other countries as if they've done any better, they've done a fraction of what we've done to bring ideas such as freedom to the world. And uh, those that actually embrace it often want to come here. Now, not those that are you know just running through with what agenda we don't know, the southern border, but for much of our history, people were drawn to America because of the opportunity and freedom that, that we have here that they didn't have back in their country of origin. Yeah, well, it's something like, I think it's like 90% of the original American settlers who came here were, were self-sufficient farmers, right? And in the, in the, in the hunter-gatherer sense of the word, we no longer have to forage and hunt and do these kind of uh, tasks that you would say are these more survival types of mechanisms, you know? So the things that, that we really trouble with ourselves now are the, the opinions of others. And that seems to be our biggest concern, whether you're a conservative, whether you're a liberal, independent, not political, the opinions of others has become really the new God in this leftist and, and communist materialism world. And, and they take things that are supposed to be beautiful, things that are supposed to mean something to us, and they distort them. Like, look at all of the supposed great art that we have nowadays. I, I'm a, I wrote a whole chapter in the book called the, the Destruction of Art, because I believe so fervently about this. You know, someone like Picasso, who was heralded as this amazing artist, I don't think so whatsoever. I mean, Picasso would take the human form and then he would distort it and make it make it ugly and rigid and, and not exemplifying it in any sort of beauty or anything that really told us anything about ourselves. It was more of a, a destruction of humanity, of what we are actually supposed to be. And so I think that when you take away this, this, this sense of hard work, like you were saying, and everything is so easy for you, then you start to look at the world around you and, and get very cynical about things. And you have too much time to think and if you're not pushing yourself in any sort of struggle, then this is the type of person that you're going to be. I think that we've lost hard work, we've lost struggle, and I think that people should not just be uh, looking at suffering as some moral graveyard. I mean, they should be looking at suffering as a good thing. They should be looking at suffering and saying, I'm going to embrace the suffering. I hope that more suffering comes to me so that I can be stronger and a better person from it. But right now, I mean, our schools and, and teachers and everyone teaches us to be suffering averse and, and hard work is so bad and everyone should get a trophy just for breathing. And these types of, of, of quotes are the, the end of the West as we know it, because other countries that aren't doing the same thing as us are going to absolutely eat our lunch. Yeah. Well, as I said, you have it too easy for too long. You become very lazy and very uh, entitled, uh, which is much of what America has enjoyed, you know, being the. Uh, having the world reserve currency uh, based on oil, the petrodollar, which seems to be maybe coming to an end as well. And now we've got economic monetary policy through the Fed, which is, you know, neither federal nor has any reserves. If anybody has read uh, G. Edward Griffin, the creature from Jekyll Island and others, 
you recognize we're teetering on the edge of a whole different kind of quality of life where that inflation we have exported to the rest of the world comes home to roost. And these people that have gone to college and maybe they've taken out loans or maybe they had a lot of money in their family, find out that all of the values in materialism is for naught when they're hungry because they don't know how to grow food and they haven't prepared to do basic things for survivability in a downturn, which happens again throughout the history of the world. Yeah, once you have an incredibly decadent society, it's really going to be bound to fall. I mean, you saw the same thing in ancient Rome. And ancient Rome had, at the end of the empire, had very many of the same problems that we are facing now in America. I mean, inflation, because they devalued their coins. They brought in all sorts of, I guess, back then they wouldn't really use immigrants, but immigrants from these other lands that they tried to assimilate to be real Romans who never really assimilated and couldn't really do well in the army. They they lost faith in their military after a certain point, like we have with all this woke nonsense. And then you had this decadent lifestyle that started to not really understand the 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 differences between male and female and all this. I mean, it, it's very similar. And even it's sad to think because America is only, what, 250 years old or so, something along those lines. And we're already at a place right now where we have become so satiated in our own avarice and 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 hedonism and, and hubris that, that we essentially believe that we are these new gods and the elites over us are willing to destroy all of us so that they can have their power. I mean, it's so, it's really disheartening and cynical when, to think about when you, when you start to look at the place that we are as a country. And yeah, exactly what you're saying. G. Edward Griffin's book is fantastic on the, the Federal Reserve. I definitely recommend everyone to read that. I, I wrote a little bit about that in, in my latest book about the Federal Reserve, but definitely go in there and read that. We are, we are at a tipping point in, in America right now, for sure. Yeah, well, I appreciate, again, your breadth and depth of knowledge as someone who hasn't been on this planet all that long relative to some. But again, when you're connected to that source of all wisdom, when you recognize where life originates, you can be far beyond your years in terms of wisdom. Uh, and that's a, a good sign because we need more of that, desperately need more of that. Another thing that we talk about, the breakdown of society going back to Rome and other places is toxicity, uh, lead, mercury, heavy metals. We've got it worse than, than ever. And many people don't recognize that there's no such thing as a drug deficiency disease as they've been raised to believe that the FDA provides health through these drugs, which are synthetic toxic molecules coming from, uh, well, pharmacia, which is translated to mean sorcery, technically. It's not very scientific when it comes to safety testing regarding those injections, not just COVID vaccines, but now many doctors that have integrity are looking back over the entire vaccine schedule, finding out that homeopaths like me were right, chiropractors, naturopaths, herbalists, all these holistically inclined Doctors and non-doctors were right about a lot of these things that the medical monopoly insisted that we were the ones that were crazy cranks, kooks, or conspiracy theorists. And we've proven over time to be correct about these things, yet people are still going back to a medically-oriented, government-controlled, centralized health system. Public health is a legal fiction. There's no such thing. It's my health or your health, other than sanitation, sewage, and hygiene, that we can improve and see the improvements in health over the 20th century, not because we were injected with heavy metals. Yeah, I mean, I got a, it's called a mega home that I have as my water thing. It take the water, turns it into a gas, stills it, and then you remineralize it afterwards. Because I see the stuff that goes on in those, those pipes of the tap water and everything. I can't deal with any of that stuff in there. And the vaccines, of course, I mean, when I have children someday, 
no vaccines for my kids with all the stuff that I have learned in, in recent years. It's just absolutely terrible. And you're talking about, you know, the FDA and the CDC. People don't even realize who, who funds the FDA and the CDC. I mean, the people who are funding these government institutions are the same people who they are regulating. That's like me owning the, the liquor store and then the alcohol rehabilitation center right next door at the same time. I mean, it's it, the, the level of corruption is so insane that people have no idea. I mean, right now, Pfizer is making $1,000 every second of every single day. In 2021, they made $19 billion. In 2022, they made $102 billion on a, on a, on a vaccine that was funded by the taxpayer. It wasn't even funded out of their own uh, benevolence because they wanted mm -hmm. to help people. Right? It was funded by the taxpayer. And then if you have a damage from it, it's no longer on them. It's on the taxpayer then to pay for the damages. I mean, it is just, I, we could go so deep on the big pharma stuff, but I mean, and the food and all that, but the corruption is just, man, people just don't realize it. You, everyone, no matter how rich you are, no matter how Republican you are, how smart you are, the only thing that matters at the end of the day is, other than faith in God, is really your health. Because no matter what you have, it's your health that matters. Well, with your new book, Will, and we have it linked up in the show notes at robertscatbell.com. Check it out. Do not comply. Uh, you can pick it up online or wherever you can get books. Uh, you've done a, a college tour, and I was kind of stunned by that because, you know, the things we're talking about are often canceled, sometimes violently at the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. And uh, these, these young folks do not appreciate some of these perspectives and opinions you're sharing. Did were you safe on the campus? Where I mean, how did it go? I mean, uh, I just uh, again, I, I wish campuses were a place for open debate and discussion and disagreement argument. I'm not opposed to people having different views than me, but again, were you canceled? How did you do? So I wasn't actually canceled, uh, which was quite nice to to see. Most of the students and all the or not students, but the the universities allowed me to have my speeches. I only did about ten universities or so, so not not too terribly many. My first book I did. Excuse me. My first book, I did five weeks on tour. This time, I only did about three weeks because just couldn't do it another five weeks on tour again. It's too much on the body. Um, but it was actually pretty good. But I have had many times going across the country and doing events, all sorts of people trying to destroy me. I did an event at University of Northern Colorado, which is I'm from Colorado. So thought I might get a little bit of a warm welcome going in there. Wasn't the case. This was about two and a half years ago. And I show up and they say, Will, you have to wear a mask while you speak. I say, the hell, I'll, I'll wear a mask. Are you crazy? The, I don't care if I'm spitting in this person's face. I'm not wearing a mask. Like, you're, you're insane. And so I go up onto the podium and I got my bandana because I only ever would do the bandana because it looked cool at least, you know, kind of cowboy-esque. So I take my bandana off and I say, I'm not catering to your delusions. I'm not speaking with a mask on. Here's my speech. So they cut the mic, the administration of the school. There's probably about 300 students who are there to come hear me speak. And then about 50 Black Lives Matter protesters. Once I, I took my mask off and they cut the mic, these people went bananas. They went berserk. I mean, they started flipping tables. These people are animals, these thugs who come and, and destroy this event like this. They're yelling death threats at the other people who are at the event. They're pulling their mask down to tell me to pull my mask off up. It's like... The science is really there. Eventually, the cops come, and I'm like, thank goodness the cops are here to come put a stop to this and, and so I can get my event back on track. And they come up to me and say, Will, you have to leave. Uh, you're making people unsafe because you're not wearing a mask. And so uh, I had to leave the campus, and so I took about the remaining 150 people who stayed. I took them out onto the streets 
in the cold winter Colorado and gave the speech to them right off the street, off campus, because I wasn't going to let anyone silence me or, or silence what I had to say. And this is what I talk about in Do Not Comply is the main premise of the book. It's like at that point, I could have I could have not done anything. I could have said, okay, well, I guess this event's over. Sorry, guys, I got to go home and let these people win. But mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm sick of, of losing. The Republican Party loses all the time. The, the common man loses all the time. I don't, I don't want to be a loser anymore. And, and I think that we all have it in us that we can win and, and fight back against these people who are really trying to take away what it means to be an American. Well, and it's beyond a quote unquote loser label. It's like, what if we lost America? What if we lost the only place on the planet, as far as I know, in terms of government that was founded uh, in its origin? It's in express intent and purpose to defend individual liberty, to acknowledge that rights come from from a creator and not the government, not a king, queen, emperor. Now, of course, much of America doesn't operate that way anymore. The bureaucratic oligarchy, as my friend Jonathan Emords describes it, uh, is is something in, akin to a king, queen, or emperor. It makes the rules. Congress kind of writes a partial law, throws it over to the oligarchy, and they start rulemaking, and they prevent you from speaking freely about things that could actually genuinely help the immune system of the people in America against the threat of an attack, real or imagined. And those who have done good work, even scientifically validating their work, or have no ability to bring to the marketplace the substances of creation, the energies, et cetera, that would preclude the need for injections and toxic poisons. And as I talk to young people about this, I'm like, you know, you, you feel bad, you're sick. Oh, yeah, I'm sick. Here, here's some poison. That'll make you feel better. And they're like, what? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I'm like, that's the FDA approved poison. And the doctor writes a prescription for poison and says, you're going to be all better. That's all you got to do. It's naive is an understatement. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's kind of like the paradox of Theseus's ship where, you know, Theseus gets gifted this ship and then eventually he's got to replace the boards and he's got to replace the sails and then, you know, the, the stern and all this. And eventually every single part of that ship is a new ship now. Now the question is, is that still Theseus's ship or is it a new ship entirely because everything is replaced? You look at that in the context of America. Is America still America if your First Amendment is squashed by these these tech overlords and your your Second Amendment is taken away by these erratic governors and, and, and Congress people, all these different things, like going through all your rights and what it means to be an American, is it still America if all these things are taken away or is it something else entirely? And so for myself, I mean, I am a, a lover of the America that was, but maybe not the America that is. And because I know what the America that is or that, that was, um, that's the one I love. I think I said that right. I'm a, I'm a lover of the America that was. And because I know what it was, that's mm-hmm. what I want to preserve. And so now what's so funny is that if you talk about these kind of things and then say, well, America is not this great country, you know, things are going wrong, people will put your patriotism into question. And that's a huge fault because it doesn't make me less of a patriot for not loving what America is today. Mm-hmm. It should make me more of a patriot for saying that this country was so great and founded on the greatest principles of any country, any empire of all time, and I want to preserve that. That's what should make you a patriot, not coming in and, and, and looking at, you know, I have to support America and everything it does now because it's not holding up the tenets of what this country was supposed to be. And I think it was so funny when you were talking about the bureaucratic state and Congress and things, just a side note story. I'm not going to say exactly who this was or any names, but I mean, I'll go into these these bill hearings and these committees and things around the state of Florida and stuff like that, and you will have them be talking about a bill, and then someone will ask them a question about the bill, and you see these congressmen, they look and they're flabbergasted, and then they look back to the lobbyist who wrote the bill, mm-hmm. <laughs> asking them basically to answer the question for them. I mean, you're, you're, all of your politics has been hijacked 
or like the pol political discussions we're having, not you and me, but I mean that normal people are having every day is it's, it's nonsense. Well, yeah, when you see these Congress critters not have an opinion of their own without first checking with the lobbyists behind them, you're like, well, yeah, we're, we're, it's out of control. Uh, and uh, as much as I uh, uh, believe that there are people of integrity trying to get in, running for office, like my friend Jonathan E. Moore is running for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine, uh, there's certainly a lot of people that are only in it for themselves, self-aggrandizement, uh, glory, uh, money, et cetera. And we've got to be able to discern the difference. And that's that's somewhat been lost because, again, the American people have gotten lazy on so many of these things and they just believe what everybody tells them, even if it's clearly not the truth. It's not coming from the heart. People are not using, again, those greater powers of discernment uh, because they've just basically uh, uh, abandoned any any responsibility for themselves, much less those uh, in this country and the impact that government has had on them, just as our founders warned us that that would be the, the greatest usurpation of liberty would be not necessarily from a foreign enemy, but from the people abandoning the principles. Yeah, well, what I talk to people at the end of all of my speeches that I've done recently is that, you know, we're always asking, when is DeSantis going to change? When's Trump going to change? When's our, our government going to change? When's our community going to change? Or Joe Biden going to change? But we're never asking, when will I change? When will I look in the mirror and be the person that I want to be? We're expecting someone else or some Republican entity or some politician or bureaucrat or some, someone like this to come and save us, to make our lives better or to, to change the way that the world is. It's just that's not what's going to happen. I'm sorry to say it. It's just not the truth of the situation. You have to realize that that the people against this elite are on our own in a sense. And so we need to be looking at ourselves internally and, and saying this isn't an external struggle. This is an internal struggle. It's like I'm in Florida right now. Um, but, you know, when I used to live in California, if we had all the Republicans or conservatives or Christians in California all stand up for what they really believed in or at least had the knowledge and then really believed it after that and, and started standing up. I mean, you would change that state in a day. You would mm -hmm. change all these things, but people are too scared and afraid because they're worried and thinking that someone else is going to come save them. Put the responsibility that you put on others onto yourself. America will change itself back to the way that it's supposed to be. But people refuse to do it because they're, they're lazy, they're scared of other people's opinions, and they need some sort of validation from others. Will, you are clearly wise beyond your years. How do you not let it go to your head? Um, I think that has to do with, with God and also all of the conversations that I've had with people. You know, one thing that I, I like to tell people when they're asking about, because I used to go on the street and interview thousands of people. And so what I learned to do really well was to take myself out of any discussion that I would have. So it was no longer about trying to prove that I was right to these people. It was trying to prove that the ideas were right, which is far more important. I don't care if you think that I'm right. It doesn't really matter to me. I care if the, if the idea is, is true, you know, objectively true. You don't need me as a conduit to, to make it right. And so uh, being able to do that, I think, I don't know, I think helps set me back in, in a way to know that this isn't about myself. I'm not... You know, and there was a time when I started out in politics before I was a Christian. I, I did care a lot about the video views and, and how many people liked my, 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 my videos and the pictures and how many books I sold, how many people were at my speeches, this kind of stuff. Like those are the most important things in the world to me. But that was when I cared about politics above all else. For me now, being a saved Christian just two years ago, I mean, it's a faith that drives everything. And if you understand that you're doing this because it's true and because you're doing it for God, it's a lot different than saying, okay, well, I am the, the God of this new world and I'm doing it for myself or for some worldly means. Mm, beautiful. 
Uh, you said about that waiting for a savior. There's no political saviors. As much as I might get behind certain candidates because I believe they're men or women of integrity, it doesn't mean that I believe they're going to save me. Right. Uh, the idea, of course, is, as you pointed out, I have to change. You know, we get the government that we deserve or earn, in fact, and that if we've fallen asleep at the constitutional wheel, what did we expect would happen other than that which was predicted by those that said, we're setting this government up to our posterity, you know, if you can keep it. Uh, but if you ever fall asleep on it, this is what is going to happen inevitably. So it's not even a mystery. It's not a surprise. It was predicted. And we're in the midst of it now. And the question is, if you look to Trump or DeSantis or any individual to save you, you're not doing your part to change and transform your own life belief system and, and live according to those beliefs where you don't look to government to save you. You look for it to do the bare minimum as required in the Constitution to defend the rights of individuals, even with those whom we disagree with, to live according to their edicts as long as they don't violate our rights in the process. It's not that difficult. As I said, I can talk to kids about this and they'll get it faster than some of these adults that have been around for decades. Yeah, as uh, Edward R. Murrow said, a nation of sheep will beget a government of wolves. And that seems to be exactly the case. We've taken America for granted and thus we are going to lose it because that's what happens when you take things for granted. You no longer have it anymore. You know, you got a, a great girl that you're dating and then you, you don't treat her right or take her out to eat or, you know, tell her she's beautiful and then she dumps you and now you've lost her. You know, it's like the same thing with America today. Mm -hmm. We were not telling it that it's that it's all these different things, or maybe the analogy doesn't work perfectly there with a girlfriend <laughs> in America, no, but, but you understand the sense, like yes. you take, you, you take it for granted and, and you're going to lose it. But all of this, you know, that we've talked about today on the show and all this kind of, I don't know, souring of America and, and, and everything that's wrong with it. It gives me so much hope, hope to know that this is when heroes emerge in these yes. kinds of times, that it's not all cynical. It's not all bad. Even if 99% of the world is, is against you, it doesn't mean that you're not that 1% person to do more. You know, again, I'm quoting Nietzsche again, but, you know, the ubermensch of, of, of overcoming yourself and, and becoming greater than what other people have expected to you and, and finding power over yourself. I think that we all have the ability to, to be that type of person and overcome ourselves, but it's hard work. It's really hard, but I think that in a time like today, this is when they emerge. Well, I'm really glad to connect with you, Will. The book is Do Not Comply. Uh, the Florida Standard, are you still doing things with that? Yeah, I'm the editor-in-chief. So that's why I moved here to Tampa, Florida, so I could start okay. that. I actually started it just over a year ago, and it's been fantastic writing Florida news and got a team of a couple journalists who work for me around the state. Looks like a great news outlet. I appreciate all that you're doing. You're welcome here anytime. Really glad to connect with you. I know you got a lot to do, but uh, thanks for joining in and I hope everybody picks up the book. Do not comply. Hey, thank you, man. God bless. God bless. Will Witt on the Robert Scabell Show. First time. What a great, great, great. I, I hesitate to say kid because it makes me look old because he's he's wise beyond his years. But, uh, you know, the perspective of good head on your shoulders, but also, again, having a spiritual foundation and grounding. That's what I heard. That's what I sense. That makes a big difference. Uh, because we can be young and filled with hubris and arrogance uh, and then have life beat it out of us if uh, if we allow it or we can learn earlier on um, that maybe uh, the ego is not the thing to drive us, not the way to go. Uh, so very impressed with uh, that young man. All right, Super Don, the old man, the grandpa that you are. I'm impressed with you, too, because you keep this show going. Behind the scenes, people still don't know all that you do. <clears throat> well, thank you. <laughs> what do just, I say? Just because I, I could. Just because yeah, I could. Yeah. And uh, I know we got a lot of questions. Hey, look, I'm wearing my, my nutritional, oh, frontier nutritional frontier shirt on. Yeah. 
Nice. I oh, like did I show everybody yesterday or was this after off hours? I don't remember. Like when we do our, our AMAs for our uh, patrons. You did supporters. show that yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So look at this immune kick that I'm going to give away at the next AMA for that one is, lucky winner. That is that cool. Now flip it around. Trivia. Flip it around. What does it say? What's on the bottom of it? Oh. Yeah, oh, it's just a description. Okay, no pictures. But it describes everything that's in that box. And and if I'm not mistaken, yeah. these are these are full-size bottles. That they, yeah, these they are put not sample-size bottles. So right. um, I love giving stuff away to you guys that, that are doing so much to support us. So that's, so that's at the next, the next the AMA. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and other awesome. things. we give away other things too. So um, that's going to be fun. And uh, this weekend, Saturday, the 21st of October, if you haven't considered joining us, the Great Northwest Awakening, PatriotsUnitedWA.com. Then we have the Functional Medicine Summit and Expo in Phoenix, Arizona. That's coming up fast, November 3rd through 5th, uh, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. And then I got the Great Exodus Conference happening in Dallas, West, the Westin and South Lake, Texas. Uh, the Great Exodus Conference. So check out the upcoming events tab at robertsgatbell.com to learn about all the upcoming events. We'll be adding more as we get more invitations uh, to these events. We're making it through. Uh, I'm amazed that I'm home for any length of time. I'm glad to be home at the moment, but uh, we've got a lot to do here. So how about a question of the day or three? Um, yeah, I think it's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get rid of the graphic here. Yeah, there we'll it is. start off here at the top here from Diana. Diana, yes. Diana says, as I listen to session ten of re reversing disease, reversing disease. I can't read. What was You're it called? Doing all right. Is it reversing disease? Reversing disease. I think it's yeah. supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert mentioned a free chapter of his book, "Unlock the Power to Heal." I went to the website but could not find the PDF. It is is it possible to get a link to the chapter on gut recovery? Thanks, Diana. <sighs> I I am like so disappointed in myself here. How's that? Because I guess I have not I have not done a good enough job yet. We keep trying to get better at it though. I'm, uh, so Diana, if you're watching, um, let me show you here. Here's the website, and I'll just I'll scroll up. Here's the top of the website. As you scroll down over on the right hand side. Maybe it's the name of it. Maybe it doesn't say gut you know recovery. What? It says the silver aloe protocol, but if somebody knows of it as the chapter, the free chapter from Unlock the Power to Heal on Gut Health, they're not going to know it. Yeah. You're right. It's like, how do we get people to know what it is? But that's it. Click on that link. Yeah, it says so the you, silver aloe protocol, and that will open up the chapter from Unlock the Power to Heal. Yeah. Yeah. So just, yeah, just it's called the silver aloe protocol. Um, and, and we can so respond I, to her directly with the PDF link. So I'll just, yeah, I'll just send it to her, but, uh, damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> every time you think you got it, the, <laughs> the gut recovery silver aloe protocol chapter for free from the book. That's yeah, what I'll put on go. there. <laughs> that, should, that should be as specific and explicit as you can get. Uh, and we'll get you there. Yes. Uh, right. Lori says this. It's cute. Thank you, Lori. She says, just buy the book. It's worth it. There you go. There <laughs> Thank you, go. you, Lori. That's very kind. All right. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Second question of the day from Ruth. Ruth. Injured when using a rototiller in 1996. That's a long time ago. Yeah, that's a while Which ago. reset my muscles ability to deal with vibration. And I can't use anything that has a motor in it. I just purchased a cell phone and I'm absorbing something from it that causes my body pins and needles and my muscles to hurt a lot. Any ideas what I can do to stop this? Thank you. By the way, I'm part of Mel's group, 
That's Ruth. All right. Mel's group is the uh, uh, Morgellon sufferers group. And uh, every, usually every quarter, I think I drop in on a, they do a Saturday phone call uh, just to kind of volunteer my time and help them out with various things. And it's a good group. Mel's a good guy. We've actually featured him once on the show. Uh, but when you're dealing with the things that she's describing, just this overall hypersensitivity to anything and everything, we look, some people will call it fibromyalgia. Some may say it's in the Morgellons realm, but it means that metabolically there's, uh, you know, you're teetering on the edge all of the time. And that could be due to toxicity and deficiency. In addition to trauma that you experienced a long time ago with this, what rototiller type incident. And so, we do the homeopathic hits of the day because every once in a while we'll hit something that will resonate with somebody in the audience or many people will go, Oh, I have those symptoms. Maybe that remedy would be good. So super Don has made the homeopathic hit of the day available under the more tab. There's a more tab. You open that and it'll uh, link down and you'll see homeopathic hits and you can start scrolling through. Or I think one day it would be nice that we can, if there was an artificial intelligent way that could save us a zillion hours to do it, where you say, go to the Robert Scott Bell show and edit out the, the homeopathic hit of the day as a video too. And we'd have that as a separate file, but we don't. So right now you just have to scroll down. And uh, I think you mean day, like the individual segments, right? That we're doing correct, pulled out like those approximately five minute segments, but that's something I don't mm. think we have the time. Of you know, but here's point. the thing as, yeah. as I've learned in the past, yeah. That if this is something we want to do, mm-hmm. it makes more sense to start doing it now that we only have 25 of these <laughs> right. rather than waiting until 372 episodes and then going, you know, I think we ought to, uh, no. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, All if right. that's, yeah, like less, yeah. like we did for the V-Science Bites. V-Science Bites, bites right? Yeah. They were separated out. Uh, I think that there might be a way we can do it and in, in get, I mean, it's going to cost time and money to do it. That's the thing that concerns me. We were, well, like I said, it would be a whole lot easier just to do it now. Yeah. Versus waiting and waiting for some kind of technological, uh, you know, messiah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, well, the thing is, you're good working with AI. I think you know you are able to ask it and tell it stuff, and it does it. Yeah, it's not it's not Merlin the magician. It's not though, that so, good yet. No, I'm asking for too much. All right. Yeah. So, all right. Um, maybe, that, maybe. That's. That's not a bad idea. Um, Maybe Leslie could do it. But I'm not going to give it away for free. No, that I think we, we would need to have some kind of elevated Yeah, because that's going to take hours of work uh, right. to put together. So, yeah, um, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll think about that. You're, you're making Leslie laugh with your tech messiah comment. That was good. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm am the I, funny am, 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 I, am I here to entertain you, Leslie? Yeah, stop am taking I, all my am, funny am like lines. A, a clown? You find me funny? <laughs> that's not what she said that's I love that line said. I love right, go that back movie. to the question of the right. day let me see question if I can answer day. some more specificity here uh, uh, alright here we go that was for Ruth right we're in yes. that yeah go ahead and max out that so I can make sure I'm not missing anything all right, back so when we're dealing with the issue of let's say fibromyalgia type pins and needles you know I look at the metal burden often mercury is, is playing a huge role here residual mercury in the body but also a lack of certain minerals like magnesium and copper you know that's a big one along with selenium all of these things you've got to replenish and it's not necessarily the first dose you're you're all better it's a, it's about replenishing a long-standing uh, situation uh, that uh, takes some time often to, to recover and I would say the detoxing of the metals, which you know about from the group, 
with Mel and replenishing the minerals is going to be everything for you. And when we talk about connective tissue issues, the role of silica or silicon is often overlooked as well as women look at it as a beauty mineral for skin, hair, and nails, but it's so much more than that. The entirety of the connective tissue depends on silicon. And so if you haven't already gotten on the Alta Silica from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com, I recommend that you go there, choosetobehealthy.com. You get the tableted form of silica as a whole food product, and you could take three tablets four times a day to really replenish the silica that's lacking to restore connective tissue integrity, to give you a resilience that at, at, at present you don't have when you're talking about the sensitivity. Now, cell phone energy is, is something that's not good for any of us, but some of us seemingly don't have symptoms associated with it like you do. And so getting out of hypersensitivity is a project over time. And again, Mel and the team with Morgellons Group works very hard to get people there at varying rates of acceleration and deceleration because it's so many years of, of chronicity that is as manifested by the time you want to reach out to the Morgellons Sufferers Group. So stay the course, uh, look at the copper, look at the magnesium, look at the selenium, look at the silica as something that you may not have done fully and fully engaged with yet uh, to get you back on top of things, Ruth. It's been a long time since you had that injury. You shouldn't be lingering with it. So we can do some follow-up, Ruth, maybe on the next Morgellon Suffers call that I'll be on. Otherwise, please send more messages here at the website at robertscottbell.com, and I'm happy to attempt to answer it to the best of my ability. All right, thank you. So there's one more. But wait, there's more. Okay, this is from Maria. I, I posted a question in September on the contact page, but I don't see it on there. I would like to know if the aloe vera silver protocol would be effective for treating silent reflux dysphagia and if there are any additional recommendations for absorbing iron since it's low and for weight gain nutrient absorption i'm 100 pounds because of my weight would i then take a teaspoon and a half of silver with aloe three times a day daily thanks no at 100 pounds you're an adult and i would still do at least a tablespoon instead of a teaspoon and a half and if you're a larger adult then you're talking two tablespoons with the aloe. And yes, it can help soothe and relieve and heal you uh, further along the GI tract past the stomach. But when you're dealing with reflux issues, it's often stomach focused and esophageal focused. So I would also go to a, the product Alta is the manufacturer out of Idaho. You can get this from Jonathan at choose to be And I would integrate as well the Alta Health Products Canjest, Canjest, C A N G E S T, like digest, but I can jest, Canjest. And use a level teaspoon, not the little scoop that it comes with, that's too tiny, a level teaspoon activated in warm water. Drink it down three or even fourth time, a four times a day, and that will help, help correction of the entire digestive system, liver, gallbladder, stomach, uh, intestines, duodenum, all of that. And then, of course, pre-probiotic replenishment, if you can find a good one that you feel good about. But remember, you're resetting the home for the microbiome with the silver aloe gut recovery protocol. Break the those ongoing manifested symptoms or diagnoses officially. And I say this not to replace your doctor. If you want to work with your doctor, by all means so, but, but just to provide you with information to make better decisions. What you got there, Superdy? You're kind of doing like a max headroom thing right now. I am? Yeah. Is it glitchy? Because it's not showing bit. up that it should be or would be. You, you had yellow bars there uh, a minute ago. Mm. Dude, I don't know what is happening then. I think maybe, maybe I you should, like, do a reboot, like, on the break or something. 
Really? Okay. Or at least disconnect, reconnect. Okay. Well, I can do that. Yeah. We're at, we're almost at the break too. Um, we are. What else? What other announcements? Uh, shout out to Bobri. We, uh, Bobri Orin hung with us at the Health Freedom Expo. It was a lot of fun. And uh, a lot of people got to meet him and know him for the first time. If you check out foliumpx.com, that's where folium products are. They got my mom back on the dance floor at 89 years of age, breaking through that ceiling in your healing when you feel like you're stuck. The wall is just bulk. Consider folium products, foliumpx.com, folium original, folium immuno, and folium relax, and more to come. And this will uh, take you to the next level. It's a Chernobyl level antioxidant. And as I said, you think you've tried everything, but you haven't tried folium. And if you've hit that wall and you want to break free or through it, that is where I'm suggesting you consider. And uh, if you if the RSB10 code doesn't work for some reason with technology, it should, but if it doesn't, then there's a phone number on the website. You can call Bobbery. He'll call you back and he'll hook you up, help you out. And I know that he's going to be at the event in, um, where are we going to be? Tucson? No, we're going to be in Arizona, Phoenix, Scottsdale. That's it. That's the event coming up, and I have that in the upcoming events tab at robertscabbell.com. Functional Medicine Summit and Expo coming up uh, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th in Phoenix, Scottsdale. All right, so we're going on to hour two momentarily. Big food farm responsible for creating dangerous U.S. dietines that actually harm. Once again, kind of builds on the social contract question that happened in the opening of this hour. And uh, there's a lot more to go. If you've got questions or comments, just submit them in the in the uh, show notes right now. If you're, I'm not in the show notes, but it basically in the chat room, and uh, I'll see if we can answer them live and on the air. I see Tia just signed on, watching. Hi, Tia. Um, we got to tell everybody about the Next Steps Conference 2024. That's another one to add to the upcoming events tab, Super Don. We'll get those yes. details out to everybody. I think that'll happen in March of next year where the first one is the uh, Autism Health Summit with uh, Tracy Slepsevic, and that'll be February 2nd and 3rd in San Antonio, uh, Texas. So that's it for the moment. Let's take a pause at the top of the hour here, back with more powerful healing after this, because the power to heal is yours. Dude, I'm already reading ahead this hour, Super Don, in this article about vaccine hesitancy related to pregnancy. I, I just read this, and I, I mean, as I say, I, I'm not a violent man, but I just want to beat the tar out of these people that are still promoting these injections for pregnant women, much less telling us that anybody who is hesitant to get them or obstinate not to is 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 either a purveyor or a victim of misinformation when the only misinformation is coming from those who are promoting these injections for women who are pregnant. Yes. Uh, Look at you skipping ahead. I know. I, I just, oh, uh, that's, Might as well that's open what I need. Now. The remedy Argentum Nitricum. For those of let's you who just don't open, know. Let's open with it. You're already reading it. That was a homeopathic hit. No, you want to open? Okay. All right. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Because it, it really... It, it just it just hit me and I, I'm like really they're still pulling this off especially as we talked about last hour that social contract with government the idea that they you know you you give them your time money energy etc and that they're actually looking out for you and this is more evidence that they 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 look at you 
as basically receptacles for experimental injections and pills and, and shots and, and toxic yeah. poisons. And, and, you know, the pregnant thing, that, that, that's been a big deal for a long time. There's been hesitancy in women, uh, in women who are pregnant. Underst- I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, I mean, you're, you're pregnant, right? You want to do the yeah. best thing that you can for your baby. You know that anything that goes into your body goes into the baby as well. So it just makes sense. But yeah, so this is from NBC News. Um, obviously, we know where NBC is going to fall on, on, on the debate here. Uh, and so it's not shocking the, the, the way that they wrote this article, but apparently for the first time, mm-hmm. four vaccines are now recommended during pregnancy, including the new RSV shots. Yeah. And so what they're, they're basically, what they're saying here is, uh, that after COVID apparently now, you know, all those, those misinformation, disinformation people, uh, have, it all together. have poisoned the well. Yeah. And uh, now have caused women to be skeptical of all vaccines, not just COVID vaccines. Well, and guess what? A lot of doctors now are skeptical of all vaccines. Not So what are we going to say about those doctors that used to be fervently pro-injection of any and all kinds, even during pregnancy? How many times... Well, you know about pregnancy, Super Don. Not that you or I have been pregnant, yeah, but certainly our wife, your wife, my wife, uh, we've lived through that. And what is it that if, if you've ever engaged in, in, well, especially the first one, that's the one, the nerve wracking one, where you're like, oh man, everything's going to cause something to go wrong. <laughs> and and doctors yeah. are like, don't take any, any herbs, don't take it on and on it goes. And yet they would so just casually go, yeah, add, an, add four vaccines into the mix of pregnancy. Right. And and even one of them that they're listing of the four, guess what? It's the COVID one that has brought about the mistrust about all of them. And that's still one of the four. And they're like going, well, you're falling for misinformation. What about the COVID one that you now acknowledge is kind of dangerous, not safe, not effective? Oh, well. Well, it, it is, if it's the new COVID vaccine. Yeah. That one they they just came out and they said it's not the it's not the the, the same as 10, the old one. It's, 10, uh, 10 mice. Ten yeah. mice for a week or something, yeah, yeah. two weeks. Um, so yeah, you know, let's demonize the the, the pregnant mother who uh, is concerned about doing something like that when she has a baby in her in her womb, right? Yeah. Uh, why don't you, uh, instead of looking again to point fingers, back it up with something, <laughs> prove your case here. This is the reason why you need four vaccines right now. Well, you don't want to get the flu, but then again, that belies the fact that the flu shot has never actually prevented flu. If anything, it's made you sicker. And the entirety of what influenza is is wrong when they claim, oh, it's a virus that you got sneezed on or you sneezed on somebody. No discussion of the microbiome, no discussion of your general immunity, no discussion of detox pathways being corrupted or assimilation pathways of digestion being corrupted or, again, the microbiome being corrupted. On and on it goes that none of that is, is taken into consideration, even though everything I've said is more valid than the idea that they can elicit an antibody response to a theoretical flu bug that they guess with a dartboard each year is going to be the predominant strain or strains. It's, once again extraordinarily disappointing. I'm embarrassed for doctors, PhDs or whatever, that still recommend these shots, not only for pregnant women, but for anyone. As we've highlighted and spotlighted, there are physicians of the allopathic variety 
that have become alive again by investigating things that are very uncomfortable to them about the entirety of the history of the vaccine industrial complex, not just the COVID mRNA type injections. And that they're still, you know, putting this out. This is on NBC News, which uh, what do we know about this? It's, you know, propaganda mouthpiece for their primary advertiser supporters, which is, once again, the manufacturers of these shots that carry little or no liability at all. That's why this gets me. It's like this is still going on. And yet we're still banned on YouTube and Spotify and uh, not Instagram. What's the uh, LinkedIn for speaking the truth that they can't or won't acknowledge. So 25% almost, they say, are now very hesitant about getting the flu shot. That's disappointing to me. It should be 95%. But it was less than that before. Yeah. This is is the thing. Trending in the right direction. Yeah, it is. I think it, it was 17% the last time they, they, they ran the, uh, the numbers. Uh, but, you know, I mean, if it's like we've talked about before. You remember 20 years ago, yeah. it was probably like 10%, maybe, or 5% yeah. or something, right? Yeah. So you're right. It is trending in the right direction. How many calls, you know, I get over the years. Can I take silver hydrosol during pregnancy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Silver is a normal constituent of your breast milk that you're going to feed your baby with. Absolutely. But again, there you go. Right. I mean, it's a good example of, you know, it's, it's instinctive um, thinking, you know, you, you're, you're pregnant. So I, I don't, I would not, um, I would not make fun of somebody for asking that question, even though, you know, yeah, no, it uh, isn't to make fun of them, but yeah. the point is, when you ask that the doctors or the, you know, the so-called authorities like that are quoted in this, the authoritarians will go, Oh no, don't do that. No, don't take that here, but come here, come get your RSV shot. They'll give you basically chemo. Right. For an infection that could be. Oh, are you having some aches and pains there with your pregnancy? Take some Tylenol. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Don't take an herb. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Silver. Oh no, 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 no. That's dangerous. Do you want your baby to be blue? Come on now. Who wants a blue baby? Give birth to a Smurf. Unbelievable. <clears throat> this is what this is what we're dealing with. And that's why it got me, you know, going into the second hour. I'm like, ah, oh, man. Yep. And there's still still some people that don't know don't know this. Tdap. That's tetanus, diphtheria and acellular pertussis. Mm. You know, and they're all about, "Hey, what about the uh Pertussis, the whooping cough. Well, well, they we say it ways- protects the baby. If the mother gets the vaccine, it protects the baby. So it's 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 a responsible thing to do. Yes, but what actually causes it? Nutrient deficiencies, toxicological burdens of which those shots add to. And by the way, tetanus. What are you going to birth this baby on a barbed wire fence dipped in cow poo? <laughs> Oh, well, you they know. don't even give you an option of a single one, you know, and diphtheria. Again, all of these things are very manageable and treatable via even allopathic medicine, much less homeopathic herbal medicine, et cetera. But we can't have that. Again, the entire allopathic medical monopoly is dependent upon your religious belief in the magic of an antibody that can't even be created in an infant. So now they're going, hey, let's give it to the mom before the baby is even born. And these metals that are often in it, whether it be mercury uh, or uh, aluminum or other adjuvants, 
hyperstimulating the immune system that could result in the attack on the baby as opposed to the benefit to the baby. There's already been so much acknowledged about COVID injections during pregnancy that they're going, yeah, this COVID one's different. It's new, even though we've only tested it on 10 mice for a couple of weeks. This is lunacy. And we're the ones, according to them, that are purveyors of you know what. They are they are stinky in the you know what that they're they're rolling in before they pull the stuff out. You know what? COVID playing fear mongering games. They are the fear porn mongerers of planet Earth, and they they haven't given up even after they've been shamed by COVID shot. They have no shame. They operate completely devoid of of what we would call a soul or a spiritual connection to the divine, as they would run roughshod over your rights to say no to this stuff if they could. In the meantime, they just coerce you and deceive you and frighten you into taking these things that could be nothing but devastating. And in no case, I would argue helpful demonstrably or provably, you know, even when they say, well, see, they didn't get the flu. That's not evidence. Well, they got an antibody really to what is it really borderline about to cuss now, super Don. We better move on to another <laughs> article. All right. Move, moving on. Should we go back to the big food and big pharma connection? Sure. It's all related. Big food, big pharma responsible for creating dangerous U.S. dietary guidelines that actually harm people. Once again, a violation of this so-called social contract where you think, well, the government's not out to get me. The, the government's out to help me. What does it tell you on this food pyramid? Remember, it used to be a, a food for food groups. Then it went to a, you know a food pyramid that still apparently exists. Maybe then there's the, the my plate stuff, and it, all of it's been basically lobbied into reality. Look what they say: eat less of fats, oils. I get it, sweets, okay, but healthy. Now, is this the old oil? food pyramid here that that we used to have? Yeah, I don't know when does this this food pyramid exist? A, does it still exist? Yeah, because I thought they like they the food pyramid was no longer a thing. Yeah. But I mean, you got bread and grains and pasta, and then you got vegetables and fruit, and then milk and meat, mm-hmm. and then fat up on the top. On the top the tiny remember, little... what did we talk about with Marjorie Wildcraft yesterday, Super Don? Yeah. Go yeah. check out rsbfood.com. Take part in that. That these fats are so critical because they're, they're so energy intense, dense, that they could save your life if we would just fat in instead of lumping it in with sugar, right? It says fats, oils, and sweets. No, no, no. The sweets are a separate category, especially the refined carbs. But the fat from healthy animals and or, you know, coconut oil, which is saturated fat, brilliant and critically necessary for your brain, your nervous system. Every cell in the body relies on these fats. And if you look at the milk group, nothing is referenced in terms of how the milk is brought about to the marketplace is it coming from factory farmed cows that are loaded up on antibiotics or other uh, endocrine disrupting hormones to produce more milk no mention of that now if you realize that many people are intolerant of milk and milk products maybe they'd be lactose intolerant etc there are many that find if they go to a grass-fed raw milk product whether it be from cows or goats or whatever they find that they can benefit from that. I'm not saying in every case, so be sensitive to your needs, but there's no way you can blanket go because we hear this from time to time. Well, 
we're the only animal that consumes milk after weaning. Well, throughout the history of man, milk has been used in certain cultures to great effect as a nutrient-dense source of what? Food for growth. I agree that the makeup of cow's milk is primarily to help a baby calf grow to the size of a cow, which is different and distinct. So you can argue that the, the ratios of things in cow milk might not be ideal for everybody. But as something that you could use from time to time and not devastate you, if you recognize the quality matters, it comes from grass-fed animals, it's not pasteurized, homogenized, etc. Seems pretty basic, doesn't it? And then we go to the meat group, we get the controversy of the vegetarians and the vegans who say uh, meat is, is, it causes heart disease, it causes cancer, and on and on. Well, look, if you eat, eat excess quantities of things that your body doesn't need or utilize, and or if that meat is, again, from factory farmed animals, loaded with heavy metals and pesticides and other things, that's a problem, but they don't differentiate that. Now, I get it if you have a philosophical or religious-like devotion to not harm animals, I'm not, I'm not speaking against you for that. I just say, you know, if something goes wrong in your body and you're clinging to a philosophy of vegetarianism, it might not be working for you. Or you might need to tweak it a bit to find out what you're missing and get that in you in, in, context, in context with a, a vegetarian or vegan diet. More vegetables, again, nothing do they rec reference in terms of the vegetables being organically grown or not and how that matters. I posted a meme today, and this was one of those ones that uh, Steve Feld did from way back when. I don't know, Super Don, if you can find it, but it just went out on Instagram and Facebook, I think this morning. And it was a statement not meant to upset anybody, but to make maybe make you think about this statement. And if I can remember it, it's not in front of me at this very moment. But I, I think it was to the sense of, if you're not already committed to eating organically grown foods, then you are in conflict with your own body at every meal or something like that. Now, this isn't me trying to, again, make you mad at me for saying it, but it's an acknowledge or a recognition that, oh, there it is. If you haven't already committed to eating organically, you're in conflict with your own body. Why do I say that? Not to be mean, not to upset you, but to recognize that even if it's invisible, glyphosate comes in, it it's not helpful to you. It's, it's dismembering the integrity of your tight junctions within your gut. It acts like an antibiotic to wipe out the good flora that you have to help with all of the process of digestion, elimination, endocrine, hormone production, neurotransmitters, etc. And And if it's not certified organic, I recognize it's not about the certification because even that could be substandard compared to some farmers that aren't even certified organic because they know it costs money and they do better anyway. So finding out who these people are, what they do is important and or becoming like Super Don, your own farmer and growing your own food and controlling for the quality of that, which the soil is, what you put on it or don't put on it, et cetera. And when we look at these, you know, um, government recommendations that have been lobbied into existence, how do they miss the most obvious? Like make sure it's organic quality. Who could argue that any human, animal, or child, baby, is suffering from a pesticide deficiency disease or disorder? Again, that gets also into water purification. So if you haven't checked out Echo Technologies uh, for the Echo Water, uh, please do. They have whole house filtration systems as well as point of view systems and 
Um, Echo Go is a, a like a portable unit to produce hydrogen as well. And fruit. Fruit. Oh, my gosh, there's sugar in fruit. Well, it's naturally occurring sugars. And, of course, uh, I'm not an advocate for only eating fruit. I have heard some that are fruitarians. And if you're doing well on it, knock yourself out. I'm not, again, fundamentally opposed to these things. I just am um, pragmatic about, hey, pay attention to your body. What is the diet you're doing resulting in eating? What is it resulting in? Is it vital uh, energy that is without end or is it fatigue and skin rashes and inflammation and uh, foggy head on and on it goes, pay attention. The body, the symptoms are trying to tell you something. And we get into that bottom of the pyramid where they say, eat the most of this stuff, grains. And most of these grains are desiccated in glyphosate if they're not even sprayed before that because they haven't been grown organically. And, you know, I acknowledge too that some people can do okay on grains. It's not that everybody needs to be off of them, but a lot of people are congested and, and foggy and all of that because the grains they're eating are not clean or organic, or even if they are, they're so hybridized in the West, in America in particular, that you can't tolerate the amount of protein, the gluten in it, much less what it might be carrying. And yet many of those people go from America to Italy and start eating the heirloom variety, organic quality grains, pastas, et cetera. And they're like, my digestive system's great. What does that tell you about gluten intolerance versus you're intolerant to these hybridized wheat from factory farms? I just bring all of that up to consider that none of that is considered by the government that uh, pretends to be looking out for you. That is not, clearly is not. So if you want to learn how to care for yourself, you might want to do the opposite of what people in government tell you to do. Much less registered dietitians, RDs, that are using the term nutritionist because they realize how sorry a state their education is by the time they, they you know, graduate RD school and they go into hospitals and they're putting people on food that's as bad as the drugs that they're taking. Now, the RDs that I like are the ones that end up going to Trinity School of Natural Health and learning real nutrition, for instance. And they might be called RDs, but they're actually, they know that Monsanto, Bayer, Coca-Cola, and PepsiCo are funding much of their education to get to be an RD. And that's why they're so corrupted in, in the information that they, that spills out of their mouth or the things that they recommend patients in hospitals should be eating. Which, as I said, if you have to go into a hospital, please make sure people are bringing you organic food because you don't want to have to survive the food on top of whatever else the hospitals are doing to you. All right. How are we doing there, Super Don? Have I uh, gotten through that and beaten that to a, a pulp? Juiced it <laughs> beyond recognition? Yeah, your juicing is good for you. Okay. Ah. Uh. Now, what yes. happens if you eat a diet that might even be of good quality, but to excess certain things, you might have metabolic waste that are not being removed adequately or sufficiently and it might result in a diagnosis. Or it could be that you're also poisoning your body with every bite you eat of what you think is good food, but not of organic quality. What might happen to you? What might happen? What has happened apparently to 21.2% of all U.S. adults from 19, 2019 to 2021, looks like a three-year period. They've determined that two out of every 10, one out of every five U.S. adult has been diagnosed with arthritis. 
arthritis. That is a significant number. 20% are suffering from what? An aspirin deficiency disease? Uh, uh, um, a Motrin deficiency? Uh, Tylenol? Whatever they're taking for killing that pain and inflammation? No. It, it might, maybe it's an embryo disease. Uh, embryo deficiency? They get injected, right? Yeah. Actually, I don't. Actually, I don't think embryo was because I'm thinking rheumatoid arthritis. That's very sure. common. Right. Yeah. Now they're not breaking. That's this an inflammation out the, situation, right? Yeah, they're not breaking this out in terms of the type of arthritis, but arthritis is kind of a catch-all inflammation of the, you know, the skeletal system primarily. But think about that: twenty-one point two percent of adults age eighteen and older has been di- diagnosed in that two or three-year period with arthritis. Eighteen and up. We're not talking about just oh seventy and eighty-year-old people. It's not a disease of old age anymore, even if it was never supposed to be a disease of any age, except a metabolic dysfunction or imbalance. Now, when you think of arthritis, of course, you see the ITIS again, indicating inflammation. You think of what joint pain, shoulder pain, elbow pain, you know, pain in the the joints of the fingers, the knee or the ankle, arthritis, the hip. Any number of things that could be preliminary warning you that if you don't reverse course or figure out the true cause and you keep taking things like aspirin and ibuprofen and on and on it goes, non-steroidals and then maybe steroidals, you're going to weaken and degenerate your skeletal system to the point where you're going to have to have replacement body parts. How many people, and I'm not talking old people, Super Don, have you ever heard of young athletes getting hip replacements? Uh, hip replacements? Yeah, I no, have. No, you have. Well, yeah. I guess it's I, not as common. 30s and 40-year-old somethings yeah. getting uh, Well, okay. Yeah, getting up in in age. When I think athletes, I don't think 30 and 40. But Yeah, well, I'm talking about the, the older athletes, but still. Think about <laughs> that. When you th- yeah, no, hip replacements are very common. Yeah. Very, very, very common. Did God um, give us a body so we wear it out before we die? We have to yeah. replace body parts? I mean, what is going on here? What is what has gone wrong that 20% of adults in the United States diagnosed with arthritis? And where does that lead? Now, if I were to ask you about the metabolic pathways that c- could explain arthritis, would you have an answer for me, Super Don? Even a partial one. And I'm not grading you on a curve. I'm just going to go, what, whatever you know, you know. Met, you know. Met, the what? The metabolic pathways. Yeah, that are corrupted to explain something like arthritis. And you, I, you could guess, and you'll probably be at least partially right. What do you mean? Dumb it down for me. The metabolic pathways. What do you mean? Well, when you see about how various things happen in the body, and you track it back, all right? So the result in arthritis is inflammation of primarily the skeletal system. So let pick, yeah. a, pick a knee, a toe, a finger. An elbow. Or, yeah. Right? And you go, all right, the, bo- the bone, the joint, it's inflamed. There's pain. There might mm-hmm. be heat there as well. Now track the metabolic pathway back from that moment where you've said, this is the diagnosis. This is what's happening. We want to go backwards and say, this is what contributed to it, or maybe have been the primary cause of it. And that's what I mean about a metabolic pathway. Something you backtrack it. So you understand the whole history of it, not just the end stage diagnosis where you then go, Hey, it's an aspirin deficiency. Well, Does that, obviously. That any better yeah. Sense? <laughs> yeah, obviously. All right. So, so like joints and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And well, I, I think you've got a deficiency. You've got a deficiency, but it's not of Tylenol. 
Right. Correct. That's going on there. So, you so know, you have picked out one plausible, viable and accurate explanation of a pathway that would go, all right, there's something to consider here. Now, how many, how many doctors that are diagnosing the 20% plus of Americans are going, I think you may have a deficiency of silicon, silica and magnesium and copper. Have you heard about this where people go, hey, I went to my doctor with arthritis and he put me on silica and magnesium and copper. I don't think I've ever heard someone come to me and say, yeah, I went to my medical doctor and that's what he or she did. Mm-hmm. So do we say epic failure, Super Don is the smarter doctor at this point? <laughs> Can we backtrack and go, all right, you, you've hit one plausible, likely explanation for at least some of the arthritic manifestations. This is a fun thing. I hope you're not annoyed with me. I'm not trying to trap you because again, you're right. I said almost anything you say is going to have some element of truth that I'll be able to tap into. And you'll probably figure out another pathway that is plausible in explaining why arthritis is manifesting in these 20% of Americans. Well, you're looking at a deficiency. You know, you said silicon, right? Mm -hmm. Silica, which is something that we talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's food. Food causes inflammation. There the wrong go. kind of food, you know? There you go. All right. So you can eat an anti-inflammatory diet that, mm-hmm. that probably would it really probably help that situation a lot. Right. So, again, beautiful, brilliant Super Don is onto something that the doctors are not onto. Apparently. Oh, come on now. What? No, come on now. I, I'm, I'm just showing you how you shine <laughs> in these challenging moments where I throw something at you you didn't expect, I didn't plan for, and I, and I wasn't trying to trap you either. So, again, you go to the doc. The doc says you have arthritis. Does he say, you know what? You need to look at the food you're eating and see what's contributing to this inflammation. Mm, I've rarely heard that occur. I'm not saying no, it does you get, or you get pain meds and you get, yeah. uh, you get some sort of pharmaceutical that's yeah. supposed to. Yeah. And including with the food issue, Super Don, how often do they say, are you drinking enough water every day? No. They, Something as simple as hydrating with clean water. And by the way, molecular hydrogen, I know they're not going to say that, but you get on the echo water and people will just start drinking that water and go, my arthritis is gone. Why is it the cure for arthritis? No, because hydrogen is an anti-inflammatory. It helps to detox. (gasps) There's a clue. A metabolic pathway that we didn't address yet. What happens, pray tell, what happens when the liver and the kidneys and the colon are congested and they're not transforming, binding, or excreting the metabolic waste coming from, let's say, normal diet, food, for instance, What happens to those waste products when they're not eliminated from the body? Hmm. I wonder if in selenium, say that again, selenium. Well, you're going for a remedy, but I'm asking you what happens when you have an accumulation of metabolic waste, where does it go? And perhaps in 21.2% of the American U S adults that are diagnosed with uh, liver congestion, the waste products, yes, you're <laughs> tapping into it. The waste products are ending up impacting and settling in and on and around the joints that are most frequently used. And so rather than say, well, this is an overuse issue. My arthritis is because I'm using my, my shoulder too much. Well, it could be, yes, that there's injury associated with that, but that makes it a weakened point where metabolic waste not excreted efficiently or sufficiently from the body end up accumulating 
in areas and cells that they're normally trying to go, you don't belong here, get on out, blood, lymph, move it on out to the liver, the kidneys, the colon, get it on out of here, and it's not getting on out of here, so it's settling back or, or never leaving. And in that case, it could be a circulation issue, then we come back to nitric oxide or go to that and talk about the cardio miracle, how it helps every cell in the body by enhancing circulation, which is the process of you know not only oxygenation and oxygenating and neutrifying areas, but also carrying out the waste products and moving them on out, not just carbon dioxide, but other things that the fluids of the body will move, hopefully to the liver if it's not too congested, as Super Don just brought up, creating a, a feedback loop or mechanism, if you will, that it's not going out of the body. Now, where does it got to, where is it going to go? Certain body types are prone to skeletal inflammation and the pain associated with it. Not everybody. Some will have more cardiovascular manifestations that don't show up as pain immediately until much later with coronary occlusions, because the inflammation happened within the lining of the arteries, the veins, et cetera, without symptom for the most part, not diagnosed until you have 80% occlusions and a heart attack or extremely high blood pressure, et cetera. Now it manifested differently in those people. They might not have any skeletal pain and they're going around doing everything. And then suddenly they drop dead of a heart attack with no warning. 21.2% of U.S. adults age 18 and older diagnosed arthritis. And not one of those doctors in this study probably said any of the things I'm saying to you right now, for those of you considering this. Now, the inflammation or waste could be something like uric acid from excess protein consumption or even adequate protein consumption that is not adequately digested, broken down, bound, and excreted in terms of metabolic waste, like the waste known as uric acid. That can accumulate in the joint. That's often considered, that's gout. Doesn't have to be the toe. But other metabolic waste, and we've done it with the homeopathic hits of the day, a number of remedies that address the accumulation of these toxic inflammatory components and are indicated for arthritis and gout, et cetera. Am I getting too simple here, Super Don? I feel like I'm like, you asked me to dumb it down <laughs> for the doctors out there that need this. Yeah. Well, I, listen, it's a big problem um, when you've got one out of five people getting diagnosed with this. And how many of those people going to doctors are being given any good information to they're, actually... Well, yeah, what, what doctor are they going to? If right. they're going to just your run-of-the-mill doctor, they're going to prescribe you something. You know? Exactly. That's just, that's just what they do. inflammatory reducers, steroidal and non-steroidal, and all of those things will weaken and damage the digestive system, so assimilation gets worse, so uh, deficiencies get worse. Silica, copper, magnesium. You mentioned selenium. Mm-hmm. Or you know, honestly, honestly, Rod, you eat a good yeah. diet and you get on like the 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 not a doc protocol. Yeah, it's going to knock that out. I've seen it happen. Yes, you have. Yes, you yeah. have. Yeah. So. so if those of you haven't figured this out, you can go on Facebook. I know we're not all fans of Facebook, but there's still good things that can happen there. If you go to the not a nurse and not a doc group on Facebook, you'll have to answer some questions to be admitted. Answer them if you want in. And if you get in, you will see protocols. <laughs> what is that, your name? Yeah. What no, is your quest? <laughs> what is your favorite color? <laughs> no, it's not like that. No? Okay. No. You've got to uh, take an oath of allegiance to 100% whole food. You're not going to uh, promote synthetics on that uh, in that group. But it's very simple to get in. Just answer the questions. And when you do, you will get a world of information about how to correct these things with food and food supplementation. 
And a lot of this is available through Jonathan at ChooseToBeHealthy.com. ChooseToBeHealthy.com. And you can use the code RSB5 to get the discounts on all the things that he sells that we utilize here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Very simple. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure I'm missing some things here, but does it sound like I'm talking down to anybody? It's not my intent to do so. No, not at all. I'm really trying to make this as basic as possible so you can break the cycle. Now, with more severe cases like we had questions last hour that might lend itself to even fibromyalgia discussions, which is much more complicated and complex than simple simple arthritis, you have heavy metals involved, and and it's a whole lot of things, even emotional aspects of uh, disease manifesting as skeletal inflammation that is systemic and everywhere. I come back to copper. Copper is nature's most powerful systemic anti-inflammatory mineral. And that's a deficiency that many people are suffering uh, with, or let's say without the copper that they need. And especially with iron. Wasn't there a question I don't think I answered about iron today? And one of the questions of the day mentioned that they're low in iron. And I might have skipped Absorbing. I think it was was talking about wanting to absorb more iron. Yeah. And and again, 99.9% of all anemia diagnoses are not because you lack actual lack iron in the body, but because you don't have the copper needed to facilitate the use and metabolism and function of iron in the body. And that can create inflammation as well. So copper deficiency is something that can, if you remedy that, if you take the bioactive copper hydrosol, the sovereign copper, a tablespoon, one, two, three, even four, five, or six times in a day, people are reporting within two or three days or less that these arthritis, arthritic symptoms are gone because a simple mineral like copper that modulates. So it was just a deficiency of copper is what was, was causing the problem. Yes, in many cases, Because yeah. you don't get enough of that in the standard American diet anymore. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. people have taken so much zinc and vitamin C, they've wiped out the little copper they have. And they're not eating liver, for instance. Right. So all of these things are uh, considerable in their impact from a deficiency standpoint to a toxicity and inflammatory impact from the toxins that are not, whether it be metabolic or environmental as well. And I haven't even gotten into a lot of the environmental toxins. So just wanted to give a semi-comprehensive, longer than a homeopathic hit view of arthritis since it's affecting one out of every five adults in America, which is embarrassing. You've got like one of these two fluid ounce bottles here. So yeah. let's say let's say somebody is dealing with some kind of arthritic situation. Yeah. Um and they were to take how how many how, how many a 16 or a 32 ounce bottle because the cost per per dose goes well i'm just more. curious though let's yeah. just take for example let's say you've got one of these that's like a two ounce bottle might have four doses so this would be this would be like maybe one day you right, split yeah. this up in four travel size yeah gotcha okay now, and i have those out there like on the on the road at, at events and i'm hoping to have some at the uh Oh, what's, what are we doing? Patriots. So there's the, there's yeah. the 16 ounce. Yeah. So you have a lot more doses there, All but right. if you are aggressive initially in getting the copper back in you in a safe way, because even if you took six doses in a day, you have not exceeded the RDI. So you are not risking toxicity with this copper. Gotcha. This is a significant option and opportunity for you to break that cycle. And so the initial phase is a loading phase. It's true. And that happens. Like we talk about loading phases with silica and we've referenced, and you did too, silica as, 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 it, as it relates to the connective tissue, the, the, the skeletal system. You don't have to stay on 12 a day of the Alta Health Products silica tablets all the time, but it, it's the loading phase. I try to take maybe four, five, or six a day 
just because I'm pushing my connective tissue with my workout regimen. And it's just, these are basic things that medical school, they're not teaching you because of the flexion report. Doctors have to break free of that stranglehold and programming to even consider the things that I'm saying that are not controversial. Really? I don't think so. I guess if I start talking homeopathic rust tox, which we, I think we've covered rust tox, if I'm not mistaken, maybe that one of the 25 or 26 remedies we've covered, but it's, it could be that we haven't yet today. Rust tox, rust tox. Have we covered that yet? I think so. I think we've done yeah. that one. Yeah. So eventually we'll find a way to make those videos, my, me discussing each remedy briefly, in addition to the, at this point, free PDFs of every remedy that we've covered with the homeopathic hits of the day, which we'll get to another one. As I said, the hint today is, that's your hint for today's homeopathic hit. <laughs> now, how are things in the chat room, Super D? I haven't, I haven't, I've been ignoring uh, everybody at the moment. Yeah, right. it's kind of quiet over on Rumble. We got okay. uh, 22 people over there hanging out and watching with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, uh, people on Facebook. We've got somebody over on Twitch. Oh, good Lord. Um, did you see what Steve just did? What Steve just did? No. Yeah. He timestamped every show that we did a homeopathic hit on. So if people want to go right to it in, in video format, Steve, on what, what do you do? What, what else do you do? How does he do that? <laughs> Holy tamale. That's what impressive. Is- he just shortcutted your ability to edit these things out where did you see this it's in both the uh, uh chat room on robertscabell.com oh look at that holy moly dude uh, seriously yeah how wait a minute no, sure no 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 hold on AI? that's not yeah that's not a time is it a yeah. time it is a he time stamp it right to where it starts the heck man how the heck did he do that i'm i'm amazed <laughs> i'm confused how do i copy that I don't even I've know how. Doing- I don't think I can through Restream. No? I think no, I have to go, have to go through <laughs> You can in our chat room, Super D. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. The chat room's there, and it doesn't go away. Like when, you know, the end of the show, it goes away on Restream, but it doesn't go away in our chat room. Heck, huh. I can copy and paste it for you right you now. Make it easy. Interesting. This is amazing. Look, we asked that. I asked, I asked Leslie to do this, and she wouldn't. I know, and she it. laughed. She laughed, and Steve saw that and said, hold my beer. Yeah, and she could, well, so Leslie <laughs> says she hasn't even been able to edit her own podcast. Yeah, yeah Leslie's got, she's busy. got busy 12 girl. kids. and Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> each kid counts twice. Yes. Yeah, Goat, goats and horses and stuff. And so I just dropped it in for you. Thank you, Steve. That's wow. amazing. That's crazy, man. I don't, I don't even know how. Well, whatever. Yeah. He's Good doing job. everything right. <laughs> Good job. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll have to see what I can do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just impressive. Just yeah. impressive. All right. So anyway, yeah. Uh, on that note, yes. uh, should we should we go ahead and and pull the 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 the, the trigger here on today's. Uh, homeopathic hit of the day. Do you have the uh, the thing lined up? Because we got a interlude that's musical and a lot, you know, all that stuff that you did. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. 
Dude, that's awesome. And nobody can say that sounded like Casey Kasem. It sounded like Callie by Chromacum. Sounds oh, like Casey Keating is what that sounds like. Sounded like what? Casey Keating. Remember Casey? Keating. Yes, that's right. That voice He's, was uh, the, the voice, voice of, of the Robert Scott Bell show. Yeah. yeah. So here we have the homeopathic hits, and it's starting today with Cali by Chromicum. Cali by or Cali B for short, B-I, depending on you know how you do the Latin abbreviations and pronunciations. This brief hit is going to cover respiratory, primarily sinus, and maybe a little bit of joint pain. So it's sort of related inadvertently. That's how you do it, Super D, on the uh, arthritis discussion we just had. Not, you know, It's not a major remedy for arthritis in my experience, but yeah, it does have some things that are reflective back to that. So we're hitting Cali by Chromicum, a remedy often used for respiratory issues and joint pains. And this brief overview, if you will, will delve into the various applications of Cali by Chromicum, especially its effectiveness in treating these conditions, and the, primarily that would be the sinuses. So the origin of calibichromicum is derived from potassium dichromate, a chemical compound that you wouldn't necessarily want to ingest, but it's carefully processed and potentized to create the actual homeopathic remedy that is completely non-toxic and safe to use. That's just the nature of homeopathy. That's why skeptics can't handle it because it can't kill you. If it can't kill you, it's not real. <laughs> All right. If that's the kind of measurement for medicine, uh, you're listening to a different show than this one. Key characteristics of the physical calibichromicum often used to, uh, for conditions like sinusitis, bronchitis, and sometimes rheumatic joint pains. So if other remedies like Rustox and Ruta and Colchicum aren't enough, you can consider it. I wouldn't, this is not my go-to remedy for arthritis, just giving you a little insight. But again, can't deny that there are some indications for its use. When we look at the mental state indicating the use of calibichromicum, you may experience irritability, mood swings, and even a sense of heaviness, mental heaviness. So these are somewhat unique to calibi, but then again, think about the heaviness you feel when your sinus cavity is congested. It'll impact the mental sensations as well. Now, we've, we've covered a number of remedies that cover irritability and mood swings as well. So this may not be the right or first remedy to choose. It might be way down the list as you open up a Materia Medica and look at the more comprehensive or complex uh, uh, dive or deep dive into Calibichromicum. And that is something that you can do by opening up the Materia Medica. If I do that, sometimes I do show you how we're being nice to you. <laughs> when I do this, instead of uh, going only from the uh, the quick hit here that we're doing, the homeopathic hit. Let me see. I'm going to go to Cali B, Cali Bichromicum. In my Boriki Materia Medica, it is, there's a lot of Cali, which indicates potassium. Um, Cali Carbonicum, Cali Carbonicum, Cali Bichromicum. All right. So on my Materia Medica here, it is on page 372. You'll see that here, right there at the bottom, Cali Bichromicum. And you'll see there's a whole other page going into a lot more detail, and then a whole other page into a lot more detail. So this is why if I if I did, uh, you know, I'll try to do a quick hit by going to the Materia Medica uh, solely and totally, we'd never get through it. But that just gets you some insight into how these quick hits are opening and piquing your interest to go further and deeper. So go back to the uh, homeopathic hit of the day. Again, we talked about the physical. We talked about the mental. Now let's look at primary uses. Focus mostly on respiratory issues. Effective for dealing with, guess what? Sinusitis, bronchitis, and other respiratory issues, especially when accompanied by thick 
yellow mucus. It's the thick that's like, oh, I can't clear it out my nose. Sometimes it's really hard. And you really feel miserable when that goes and that happens. Now, when it comes to the joint pains, it's rheumatic. So can be related to some of the things we talked about with arthritis today, but particularly when the pain is localized and worsens with cold weather. This is the interesting thing about the adoption of, of properties of these remedies. They also take into account thousands and thousands of reports of, well, a type of joint pain that got worse in cold weather. Well, that's interesting. That's calibicromicum. So if no other arthritis type remedy is hitting it, and this is manifesting symptomatically for you, that could be indicating calibicromicum for joint pain for you. Even though, again, it's not my number one, two, or three selected remedy for typically for joint pain. So as we scroll down and we come on through the, the, the homeopathic hit here, we go to the dosages and potencies. Remember, the controversy among homeopaths is like, I know the right potency. No, you don't. <laughs> Sorry to be so butt-headed about that. The right remedy is the key. Right potency becomes secondary. And I'm not saying it doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. But if all you're concerned about is like, oh my gosh, if you only have calibicromicum in a 30 and not a 10, you're hosed because Robert said you need the 10, not the 30. No, I'm, I'm just saying if you have the right remedy, whatever you got, use it. Now, if you get into the higher potencies that go beyond like acute or milder situations, uh, 200C, 1Ms, there you're getting into some deep level issues. It could be going into the place where you might want to consult with a qualified homeopath. Now, as I talk about complementary remedies, these are just some suggestions. You could go crazy with complementary remedies because I could I have a lot more I could throw out at this. I might even mention some. Pulsatilla is one that's indicated uh, after calibicromicum for lingering symptoms of respiratory issues. Pulsatilla. Uh, some people say pulsatilla. <laughs> However you say it, I don't mind. There we go. Rust docs, interestingly enough, complements calibicromicum if you're dealing with joint pains, especially when there's stiffness or inflammation. Although I'm probably going to go to rust docs first and then calibi if need be. And then here's what I added to the mix. Sticta pulmonaria or pulmonaria. Sticta pull for short. Helpful for sinus congestions and rhinitis, inflammation of the sinus cavity. Now, there's more that could be done in addition to uh, sticta. Allium sepa is a classic one, but it doesn't often work as, as frequently nowadays. So I went to stick to along with Cali B or by, and that's helpful for sinus focuses. And that a lot of people have annoying sinuses. So it's safe as a homeopathic remedy. Just avoid self-prescribing for uh, severe or chronic conditions. And if symptoms worsen or persist, please consult a homeopath that can help you. And it's versatile. Yeah, just as all these remedies are particularly effective for sinus and respiratory issues and sometimes joint pain. So stay tuned to the Robert Scott Bell Show for more enlightening dives into the world of homeopathy through these homeopathic hits. Not intended to replace your chosen doctor of whatever kind. These are informational and educational purposes only. And I hope you enjoy them. And that's the homeopathic hit of the day. And you're feeling like a professional Cali by Chromicum kind of guy, Super Don. <laughs> you're Cali by. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> it's silly, but, uh, when I saw that, it reminded me of that guy from Indiana Jones, right? Yes. Isn't that what he says? Kali, Kali B. Oh, Kali Mar. Kali Mar. Hmm. Well, now you're getting into that the, is, uh, uh, huh. the Kali, you know, the, 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 uh. Well, I know, listen, I noticed when you, when you were holding the book up there that there was like a other Kali. Oh, yeah, Cali, Cali Carbonicum. There's a bunch of potassium-based uh, uh, remedies. So um, Here's my question here, because, you know, I mean, I don't, even though we've been working together for a really long time, we, we haven't, like, sat down and had, like, you know, like, 
really detailed homeopathic conversations between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that has not been made into a homeopathic remedy? It seems like it's there's like literally it, it, it and I'm finding that uh, it seems like you literally could make mm-hmm. a remedy out of anything mm-hmm. if if you could connect the dots, yeah, and uh, find a reason why. Sure, you would make something out of out of something. Well, right? you know, normally because it's anything, an energy thing, right? So yeah, if something correct. is giving off an energy, and then you can yeah. say, okay, that energy is like or similar to the energy that would be produced by some type of situation, a, a disease or a condition or something yeah, like I mean, that. A similar suffering. You get in the concept of it, Super D. Very impressive. Um, you, you could take a substance that is newly created, right? Because there are things in organic chemistry that have not been in the natural world. And you can even convert that through serial dilution and succussion into a homeopathic medicine. Now, the question is, what would it do? You would find out, through either clinical trials or provings or inadvertent poisonings or whatever, what does that substance do in its mother's state from mild to severe and anything in between? And that would categorize a set of symptoms that might be indicated to, to be countered with the homeopathic form of that. So to your point, yes, anything could be converted into it. Now, is it going to be a viable and valid remedy? Again, this, this is where the provings come into play. Uh, but you're getting but in that, concept, though. I yes. mean, yes. it's not too difficult to yeah. figure out, you know, possible yeah. uh, remedies for for uh, certain conditions and yeah and stuff. So yeah, uh, Panasana five hundred seven is saying, "Don't quit your day job, Super D. <laughs> Start creating your own remedy." Well, you know, I did that. actually the other day. He did. Uh, I I actually c- came up with an idea and it and it made you laugh. Well, it did. Well, the homeopathic coffee enema, right? On paper. Well, there was that. Yeah, yes. there was that. And then uh, you were you were gone, and I I created a fictional remedy uh, that was made from the nose of a circus clown. Oh, that was great! Yes, yeah. that was awesome. I can't uh, remember what it was called. It was some yeah, Latin that name. Yeah, was very funny. Uh, so uh, yeah, you keep it up, fuzzball. I don't mind. I think it's great. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, okay. It's time to say Cali bye bye. It uh, is. We'll be back in 60 seconds or less with the uh, We're going to say goodbye round. to UK Health Radio officially. Ta- tip, ta-ta? How's that? Sign, signing off. We can't, you know, it, it, yeah, we got yelled at by somebody in the UK we when we, were, by the we were doing we the pip-pip trio, and they were like, how old are you? Right? Very right? old. Clearly, very old. Yes. So if y'all want to hang out for bonus round, we got that coming up. If you got questions or comments, join us in a moment. Back after this, because the power to heal is yours. And we're back. Hey, welcome back. Is it? Did, are they still glitching, or did it clear out after that a while? That cleared out. Yeah. Okay. Did you? Did you drop and reconnect during the break, or did I you forget? forgot? Yeah, it busy. cleared up. Yeah. Weirdness. It did clear up. Wages so of we'll, weirdness. We're gonna do a quick uh, uh, bonus round here, unless somebody brings some stuff up for us to talk about, because you've got a recording at the bottom. Of the are. Yes, and, and and speaking of that recording, we got Friday as a travel day, but it's going to be all new. We're not doing an encore. We de- we ha- and Ke- our buddy Kevin gets all the credit for this because he was the yeah. one that said, "Hey, listen, let's book these guys that way. You can have new stuff on Friday instead of an encore." Yeah, thank that you, Kevin. We Kevin. talked with yep. we talked with Kevin last night, which was his morning in Israel. And thanks, Kevin, for chatting with us. He's doing okay. 
Um, so far, where they are in northern Israel, you know, about 30 minutes south of Haifa, they haven't had too much of a problem. And uh, still, it's an extraordinary thing to actually live in a country that is in, in, in a war right now as we're talking about that. Uh, but thanks, Kev, for all that you do. Appreciate you very much. Praying for you and your family as well. Um, but yes, uh, so Super D, this is on you. You know, I want to open the hour on Friday with a you know story or two that leads into the guest, just like a normal show. Well, I have got something for you. Okay, excellent. Uh, just a sneak peek here. It's an article out of Children's Health Events uh, giving an update on the religious and philosophical exemptions from school vaccine mandates in each state. Okay. It's got the information. So if, if you're if you're wondering what's going on in your state, uh, that will be the opening story on Friday. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll do it. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Very Ask much. and you shall receive. Yes. Uh, so we're, again, uh, we got new <laughs> stuff uh, on Friday. Um, we got Jonathan Emord tomorrow, like usual. I don't know. Do we have a second hour guest on Thursday? Anything booked? Let's look. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not sure. I think four. Oh, yeah. Actually, we do. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be amazing. So the second hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show, Thursday, October 19th, is the four docs. Dr. Artis, Dr. Groove, oh, Dr. Yeah. Ely, Dr. Schmidt. We had a blast when we did that with them. All four of them at the same time. Uh, the four docs. You know, I, I, I get the, like, the feeling they should be seeing some kind of like 50s doo-wop or something. I wouldn't Don't mind. You? Right? The four I, docs. That'd be awesome. Ba, 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 ba. We had a great time with Dr. Artis. I did. Uh, and as I said, it was interesting that we were, I don't know, pitted against each other, not literally, but in a time frame where I was going to speak on homeopathic responses to the so-called snake venom pathology. And you know, he was talking at the same time. And I said to him, Brian, what do we do? He's like, what, why don't we just do it together? So I did mine in 28 minutes. He did his in 30 minutes or so, and uh, we got her done. And so when you guys that weren't there uh, will be part of the virtual Health Freedom Expo in February of 2024, you'll be able to watch it. It was really good, really good. So Dr. Artis, Dr. Group, Dr. Ely, and Dr. Schmidt on tomorrow's second hour of the show. We had a great time last time. So that'll be easy. I won't have to do much in that hour. Uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled uh, making my, uh, my job a little easier. What did you think of Will Witt? He's a smart dude. Smart dude. Yeah. And, and really, as I say, a good head on your shoulders, not because he's a smart dude, but because he's got a spiritual basis, you know, that makes it, you know, how easy it is when you're that smart and that young to be filled with ego and mm -hmm. hubris. Well, it sounds like he was at one time. Yeah. And it's like, he's broken uh, through that by gaining a spiritual you know, essence, if you will. And I, I appreciated him. That was fun. Uh, and uh, anyway, yeah, he'd come back anytime. I, when we get the young person's perspective uh, from. Uh, and if you want to, if you really want to be entertained in the show notes, there's a, uh, at least I hope it is. Didn't I put a, I think I did put a link in there to the YouTube page. Okay. Um, go check out his videos with PragerU because, and he's just got, there's tons of them. He's been doing it for a long time. Excellent. Where he just goes around on the campuses and, and some other videos of sorts, but a lot of man on the street things where he's asking questions of like university students, mm -hmm. uh, you know, questions that, that um, you know, is, is, is racism a problem or, you know, is, is, are open borders okay? You know, and just kind of, you know, 
it's between him and there's some other organizations out there that um, do the same thing, walk around on the campuses and ask the students questions. And it just kind of, it really gives you an insight yeah. into what's going on in these campuses. And, and it explains a lot after you see, see what it is that's going on there and what these kids are being taught yeah. and the, and the bubble that they live in when they're, when they're there on campus. And it's, it's so obvious why they, they end up having the problem. They're so triggered and, and, you know, screaming in the streets and stuff and everything when stuff doesn't go their way, because when they go into the real world, suddenly they're, you know, they, they don't know how to handle it because when they're right. living on campus and they're surrounded by other students that all think the same thing they do and the the, the staff of the, the university, you know, being worried about, you know, uh, making sure that they don't offend them and that they have safe spaces and they can mm -hmm. blow bubbles and coloring books. And so, you know, uh, when they get out in the real world, they don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And they, they do crap like what they're doing right now. Man. Anyway. So, yeah, go check out the, uh, the Facebook. He has a playlist specifically to his stuff on the PragerU YouTube page, and you can find that in the show notes today. Very cool. Yeah. So, anywho. Uh, so, I got nothing over on Rumble. Okay. What do we got over here? In the chat room on Facebook. Yeah, the last thing you showed there was um, creating my own remedies. I don't know. Maybe I could. Why couldn't I'm, I? I'm not going to limit you. I love the, the clown nose, Remy. That was fun. Well, I couldn't. I don't know if I still have that. Hold on. Let me yeah. see. Here it is. Nasus circensis. Nasus or circensis. Yeah. Uh, derived from the nose of a circus clown, the material is collected and undergoes a meticulous process of potentization mm -hmm. to create the unique uh, homeopathy. The key characteristics, uh, Nasus circensis, is commonly used for conditions related to respiratory issues, such as sinusitis, allergies, and even some forms of asthma. Uh, individuals might also benefit from nasus circensis, often experience feelings of lightheartedness, but may also suffer from bouts of melancholy or sadness, reflecting the dual nature of a clown's persona. Now, I mean, look, I mean, speaking in, in homeopathic ease, right? Yeah. Um, this, this kind of makes sense, doesn't it? That, yeah. That's what I think about your inter interaction with AI, that you could help produce that. Uh, that's why I thought you could easily have it edit the re the remedy. Uh, no, nah, there are limitations on what I can do with this here. So, Okay. But, um, you know, the, the explosion of, of AI, what's, what's happening is these other companies that are way smarter than I am that know how to do use this kind of stuff are finding ways to incorporate it into other types of technology so that it can do things. For example, there's a couple of services that I've tried. I'm not satisfied with them yet because a lot of this stuff is new. It's buggy. They haven't figured out how to, you know, it's not, excuse me, perfected yet. But there are some services out there that, uh, and I, I tested one and it, was, it wasn't too bad where I was able to take like a, a chunk of our show here, right? Mm -hmm. Like a half an hour. Yeah. And upload it. To this this AI website, and it used artificial intelligence and stuff like that, and it went through and it's it selected segments of the show and formatted those segments with captions that you could then take and use in social media, kind of like the thing where we have now, where it's like, oh, that was a good segment. You have to go yeah. in there and you have to edit it out. And put right. it. This was doing it automatically, 
and it was actually able to, to, to take like the beginning of, of a, of a, um, you know, like a, a statement or a question right. and stop it at the end with the answer. And it was like complete all is so, all is one clip. So what you're telling me is what I'm asking is is already possible to be done. In theory, yes. Hmm. In 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 practice, I haven't found something that is 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 quite ready to do something like that yet. Okay. Because people are putting the stuff out there and it's very clunky right now. Gotcha. But it's pretty amazing. And the one that I was using, not only did it do that, but it transcribed everything that was in the in the, the clip. And it uh, did a an analysis of it and determined whether it was something that had the potential to go viral on social media or not. And it had like a score mm-hmm. as to like, you know, you had like 78 was, you know, not too bad. And 99 would be, you know, it, it would probably go viral. It's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff, man. So anyway, now that I've freaked you out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, Give me a, a backup secondary story just in case I need it or a closing story for the uh, hour one, I guess, for Friday show. And then I'll take a break and come back and do recording at the bottom of the hour. And, I've got you all taken care of. Dude. Okay. And I thank you all for being here uh, for this show today on the uh, 18th of October. So we wrap up the bonus round a little abbreviated based on what I got to do. Actually, the next two days are going to be busy as we're prepping for the uh, um, Patriots United event in Washington state, just across from Portland, uh, Saturday the 21st. And we have that in the upcoming events tab at robertscatbell.com. So I'll be taking a lot of uh, full spectrum hemp extract oil from that nutritional frontiers just to get me through it. So much going on. I like the mint flavor, but you can get it certified organic U S grown hemp. Go at cbdnf.com. RSB 15 is the discount code and uh, back with you tomorrow for the sacred fire of liberty and the four docs you don't want to miss tomorrow's show i can tell you already it's gonna be awesome and we head into friday so thanks for being here y'all all right we'll see you tomorrow